Uh, welcome to Mike's, Mike's yeah. Beer Bar <laughs> Happy Hour. And this coincidentally takes place almost immediately after I get a text from Tom Reed saying that he's about to crack open a beer. And I'm like, can you just do that on camera? Yes. Hold on. I'm walking. I'm walking toward my beer. I wasn't quite <laughs> ready for this, but I'm walking toward my alcohol. One of these days we'll be able to do this again at Mike's, right, Alex? Like right, right there in person. Well, I'm close enough to it almost every single home game. That is true. Well, not almost every true. single home game. Every single home game. It's right off the, no. right next to the Willie Stargell statue. Yeah, Mike's Beer Bar is, for anybody who doesn't know, is directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, 115 Federal, right, the actual team headquarters. Um, and it's companioned. Is that a verb? No, I think I just made one. It can be. It's, it's accompanied uh, right next to it by North Shore Tavern, home of Steak on a Stone, and of course, all of the Pirates memorabilia you could ever want to have at a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, at a, uh, at a single establishment. Here's how this works. We're here to talk sports and whatever else here, and all you need to do is to put things into comments, you know, into the stream. And uh, just like that, here comes Mr. Eric saying, hey, all. Mr. Eric, you're always first. Like, you're just, like, sitting there, like, at the trigger waiting for these things. Uh, ask anything at all on any subject. This doesn't even need to be sports. This can be wacky stuff. This can be whatever. Uh, bring it. Whenever it's done, we will do uh, – we will put this thing into, like, a podcast form and make sure that it's available for the tens of thousands of people who are eager to hear what we have to say. Uh, Alex, the Pirates are in Milwaukee uh, tonight. The Brewers won't have uh, uh, Christian Yelich. Are the Brewers really the class of the division? You know, at the beginning of the year, I had them as my pick to win because, you know, they've got a good rotation going on. They've got a good back end of the bullpen with Hader and Williams. But you know what? Seeing those Reds up close and personal and then seeing the Pirates actually look competitive to the Cubs and Padres, that Reds team looks pretty darn good, especially if they're going to get some production up the middle, which that was the real concern coming in for them. Yeah, the Reds just always seem to have those those fatal flaws, though. You know, there's always something, and, and it's oh, usually yeah. pitching. It's usually pitching. And it's not that, that gets... anymore. That's what's wild no. about it. No, that, that, that gets it done. Uh, here's Carter. Yeah. Whew. Sorry about that, guys. Having internet problems, apparently. As I just shared with the group, we learned a long time ago not to wait for Carter. We just get started. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna get here. I'm gonna get here at some point. Y'all know the deal. That's that's how it works. That's how we're on those football trips. We're sitting out in the car at seven in the morning, waiting to go to the airport. Like, where's Carter? Listen, bro. Like, like, how like, many how, how many times when we stopped at his rest stop? And I was told like, DK, this ain't. I I gotta go, man. And Dale and Dale's like, we're just gonna leave him here, man. We're just gonna this leave is the time. We're leaving Carter here. We're like in like Arizona or something. We're like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I remember Houston. Oh, I still remember Houston. Like we we stopped somewhere. I'm like, fellas, this is going is going to be a minute. And you guys, you guys, are like, listen, the shuttle leaves in ten. Like, you better get going. <laughs> Steve Bender in Austria, and and I know for a fact that Steve is in Austria. He says, "What's up, sirs? Who can do the best what's up here?" What's Anybody? Tom. Tom, go ahead. Let's hear your best. Oh, what's I, up. I don't know. How, I, that's not. That's not. I, that that arrow is not in my quiver. 
Oh, you gave you <laughs> gave that. that my quiver. That was pretty good. <laughs> my this arrow. Uh, Paul likes my sweatshirt. We sold these last year. We sold them all out really fast. And I know you. Hey, I got my own name on mine, pal. Oh, there you go. What oh, is that, dang. Tom Reed's? What is that? What is it? It's Tom Reed's hockey bar in in uh, St. Paul, right by the rink. That's okay. a real thing. That's, that's, awesome. real, that's a real thing. Oh, that's I'll, cool. I'll, I'll tell you a story. It's story time. My first time on the Mike's beer bar thing, and I'll tell you a story. Wow. So when I was All in good. first in first grade, I had moved school districts, and I was trying to impress my new students, my new fellow students. So uh, I told them up in front of the group that my dad's name, my dad was Tom Reed, the hockey player for the Minnesota North Stars. And the kids were enormously impressed. And I had an instant street cred for a first grader in a hick town. And all was going well until the first student teacher conference when the teacher asked my mother, Mrs. Reed, I don't mean to pry, but how, how hard is it to have you living here and your husband playing hockey in Minnesota? So, of course, I got into all kind of trouble for lying. And then years later, covering hockey, who do I get to sit next to right at the games in Minnesota, who is their analyst on radio, but Tom Reed. And I've gotten to meet Tom over the years, gotten to know Tom pretty well over the years. And I've drank a lot of beers at, at, at Tom's bar in St. Paul. There you go. It's 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 not uh, it's not easy to get lost in St. Paul. Once you cross the street, you're pretty much out of there. <laughs> yeah, all four blocks. Yeah, there's there, there's not a whole lot there. Beckett asks, when will we sell the hoodies again? Uh, let me see if the boss has an answer for that. Hey, mama, she hates when I call her mama. You seriously calling me mama on live stream? She just says. <laughs> um, do you have? Uh, do you know when we will have hoodies again? Roll of the eyes, because she doesn't want to ship them. I was promised hoodies when I started. I've still not got a hoodie. See, now Tom's jumping in because he never got a hoodie. We'll we'll get everybody hoodies. E- EJ was uh, pointing out. He said he said I should be getting paid for all the pit zooms that I wear my DK hoodies on. Nice. <laughs> good 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 for EJ here. Here's a, here's a here's a here's a question for Tom and for Alex. So Tom will take it first. Are the Pirates sold? on taking Vanderbilt pitcher Kumar Rocker with the number one picker. Are they looking at his Vanderbilt teammate, Jack Leiter? Tom, you just came back from Nashville watching these guys. What was your impression uh, of them, but also of what the scouts down there were saying? Well, I, I saw Kumar probably pitch his worst game uh, on uh, the nights run together Thursday night. And then the next night, Leiter was terrific. Uh I, I think we sometimes get in – there could be a little bit of danger in covering this as a horse race uh, because you, you are going to make projections. Uh, but clearly, uh, I mean, uh, I'll – There goes Tom. was hearing the same things. And uh, in, in talking to some people – Okay, Tom, you're Tom, you're going in and out here. Alex, take over. What are you hearing? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tap in here, Tom. Um, from what I've heard, it's the latter who's kind of running away with it. At least is like the distinction of being the best prospect in this draft. Rocker stock is actually taking a little bit of a dip. The fastball velocity has gone back a bit. 
I, I heard from one person in a, another team's front office that they wouldn't be shocked if Rocker actually falls out of the top 10 just the way his trajectory is going right now, which seems seriously drastic. drastic yeah. But, but, it, but it's the two, I think, barring something with lighter, I think it's going to be him at least. My terminology will be the best prospect in the draft, and the Pirates have said that they're going to be taking the best players, you know, available to them. Well, here's one for Carter. Could we see the Steelers draft an offensive guard like Wyatt Davis or Trey Smith to replace David DeCastro in the future? Uh, Carter, before I throw that to you, yeah, what if it were to replace David DeCastro in the present? I don't. I don't see that happening. I, I just think that he's. They're going to give him another shot to to get back on it this year. Um, but I. Another thing with Wyatt Davis. I see Wyatt Davis probably going in the second round, maybe even before the Steelers get a second round pick at fifty five. Um, but a Trey Smith would be interesting because he's a guy who could also play center, and you could probably get him in the third or fourth rounds and around that area. Um, Dale and I were just talking about that, and we will be talking about that more on this weekend's. Uh, NFL or Lolly Carter NFL Draft podcast on DK Sports Radio will debut uh, tomorrow morning, Saturday. Uh, but we're talking about guys in the second and third rounds that could fit that. I, I think if if the Steelers are gonna if the Steelers are going interior offensive line, they're going for a center. They're not trying to go for a guard because here's the thing: most centers can play guard, and there are centers, there are guards who can play center, but not all of them can. And uh, you know, like Trey Smith's a guy, he could he could play either or, and you could get him later. But I, I still think that their prime targets are that range where you can get either Creed Humphrey, Josh Myers, Quinn Miners, um, uh, and I'm, I'm forgetting one off the top of my head right now. Uh, but there's four different centers that you can get in the middle rounds, uh, or the say in the second round, where I think there's going to be a sweet spot. By the third round, though, I think they're going to be gone. Well, on that note, Snowman asks if the Steelers will take a center in the second round or later. Um, I, I know that I'm not excited at all about this class of centers. If, with all due respect, if Jeff, you know, Morrissey from Pitt is considered one of your top centers, then you don't have a whole lot going on. No well, he's offense. Not, he's, he's not one of your top centers. Like, he's a sick – like, the reason I wrote I, about I've him – seen, I've seen him in top fives. That's Whoa. all I'm saying. Whoa. I wouldn't – No, not top, top five over – top five centers. Not, seen, not even I've, that. I've seen lists that have him there. But, again, I, I'm not, we're not disagreeing here. Right. Um, like, yeah, like, like Jim, Jimmy's a heck of effort guy and he would be a heck of a teammate if you can get him in the later rounds, but you're not as much as like, I wrote a whole story about why he, why I think he'd be a heck of a steal for people. But again, a steal, <laughs> not of a, a teammate. Is exactly. Not what you want on your draft. Resume. Right. Landed, landed Dickerson. That's, that's the, that's the main center that, that, that I think uh, that would be interesting. But again, that second round, once you get after that second round, you start to get, start questioning things a little bit more. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm I, again, that that's your sweet spot later in the draft. You're looking for guys that are going to back up BJ Finney and then maybe replace him in the future. Oh. If they get better. Uh, let's see here. Which prize prospect gets the call up from the alternate site first, Miguel Yuhure or O'Neill Cruz. Can I just throw in that the, the alternate site is like, is like Pitt and Heinz field. Yeah. There's, I think everyone still thinks that they're out in Altoona. It's some big, they're, all they're doing is hanging around here and looking for a patch of grass, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're on the road. They can work out at PNC park for, you know, next week or so. 10 mm -hmm. days. Um, to be very specific to the rule, I don't know if either one is going to be caught up from the alternate site because we don't know how long alternate sites 
are going to be a thing. It could just very well be, you know, regular minor league season in AAA starting May 4th. Um, but out of those two, which one I expect to be in the majors first? Yohari. He's closer. He was basically in line to be the Yankees' fifth starter mm-hmm. before they traded for Tyon, which makes it puzzling, at least to me, that Trevor Cahill is going to be getting tomorrow's start. But Yohari's in already on the taxi squad. We're going to see him sooner rather than later. Basically. Best off-speed stuff I've seen at any level of the system. It's stuff. This stuff is just the slow stuff is just breathtaking. There's still uh, Priester. I mean, he's he's way up there, but there's still Priester. No, I said that. I said that I've seen. Um, okay. I, I did. I did see Priester throw, and and it wasn't. He wasn't at his best. But we were talking about remarkably small sample sizes here. Daniel Matos asks if if Ali's getting resigned. Um. Uh, I I just I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if if anything, it would be on like a one million dollar contract because nobody else signed him. And I think that what's happening with a lot of free agents right now is teams are waiting to see how the draft shakes out. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of teams out there that are thinking, hey, if the if the offensive tackle position doesn't work out for us in the early rounds, and we don't fit, we'll sign Villanueva to like a three four million dollar deal and be happy about that later. But I don't think the Steelers have that in their plans at all. Mr. Eric says that Carter's here to talk about the Carter acquisition. Look, I man, think not. Listen, I, I am. Not. Listen, DK, shooters shoot, and Carters are all shooters, so we shoot, and that's what Jeff Carter's here to do, baby. Come on, man. What you, what you... <laughs> I really he was does. hoping you're going to say Carter's Carter. He does shoot. <laughs> he does shoot. He does he shoot. Does a, he does a lot of things. He he was so good last night. Mm-hmm. Didn't get, didn't get rewarded for it. But he was he was all over the puck, still flying. There there um, were a lot of there were a lot of gamblers that were really upset because there was it was plus sixteen hundred for him to get a goal in his first game, and yeah. so there were a lot of people that were like, "Man, this could actually happen." And they felt it was real close, but just just didn't get it get it home. Here's one for Tom. Uh, wait, this is I don't know what the, Daniel says. Oh, by the way, DK, the condition for the third rounder sense of the Kings was. If the Penguins reach the finals, and if Jeff plays in more than fifty percent of the games, I mean, again, you know, when you're when you're winning cups, yeah, it's you're not sitting there, you're not sitting there going, man, but what about that conditional pick that just got uglier? Like nobody does that, you know. Uh, here, Paul asks one here, Tom, you can take this. Do you think Jacob Stallings reached out to any of his Vandy connections to get the inside scoop about Vandy pitchers? I don't think you'd know that, but you you do now have a, a sense for that Vanderbilt program and the machine that Tim Corbin's built down there. Um, oh. What what makes that thing click? Because it is not just these two pitchers, and it's not just Pedro and, and, and Brian Reynolds. It's just this. And by the way, I ran into something over the weekend. They're like ranked number five in the country. Like, who are the four teams that well, do this better? Well, they had a they had a rough weekend uh, when I was down there. They ended up losing like three of those four games, or two of the three, uh, having trouble scoring runs. Uh, and uh, David Price, don't forget David Price, pretty good pitcher. David Price, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's the one that kind of got it started. Uh, I mean, one name that you have to mention, and Alex is, will, will probably back me up on this, is their pitching coach Scott Brown. Now, again, they're getting studs coming into the school. These guys, you don't just go to Vanderbilt. You don't get to Vanderbilt uh, being a nobody. But Scott Brown has been on the radar in, of MLB teams. I've had several scouts tell me 
that that this is a guy that they would look at as a pitching coach, but he really likes his situation right now. He loves being down there. I think he has school kids uh, or kids in school in that age, but it would not surprise me at some point to maybe see Scott Brown end up uh, being a major league pitching coach. Yeah. And there was just so for so long, I mean, Minnesota's pitching coach, Wes Johnson, he came from the collegiate ranks straight. And that was like the first time that, you know, they got a, make a collegiate pitching coach to go in the majors. So maybe that will open the door for someone like Brown. But Tom's absolutely right. He is definitely one of the best working at any level right now. Clark asks, any reason to believe the Penguins will have any playoff success this year? Too many years of early exits concern me. Clark, you are, my friend, spoiled. <laughs> you see, you see, look, look at this box. Look at this box. Do you see the guy over to my side? See that guy next to me? Ask him about early playoff exits. Ask that guy what oh. it's like to be in a market where they don't even make the playoffs for the first 17 years of the franchise's existence. And then when they do make it, they're in for a cup of coffee. The Penguins are less than five years removed from back-to-back championships um, and still have that group together. Can they get out of the division? Tom, you just wrote about that for one of your talking points on our site about the Bruins. The I Penguins are, think, yeah, I the Penguins are, are combined 10-4 and four against the Capitals and the Islanders. That, to me, is the beginning and the end of this whole discussion as to whether or not you can get out of the East Division. I think they can. I, I definitely think that uh, the way that, and again, we still have not seen the the entire team really put together yet. Uh, I came into the season as a as a someone who thought they were a borderline playoff team. I wasn't even sure they were going to get in. Uh, part of my what I'm thinking is that first of all, <laughs> Philadelphia has just completely fallen off the charts. Uh, Boston. Uh, is playing a little bit better now after they've added Taylor Hall, but still a team I would I would jump on a chance to play them if I were the Penguins, given all the issues they have with secondary scoring. I mean, every all their scoring is coming from their top line. Uh, you know, and Washington and the Islanders are Washington and the Islanders. Uh, Andres Lee is a huge loss, and I am not. We had we had uh, Craig Button on our uh, podcast yesterday on the 66 to 87 podcast. And he agrees with me. I don't know what the hell they were doing in that trade, uh, trading Verona. There must be an issue with the coach. Verona is like yeah. someone that always plays so well against the Penguins. I think uh, Steve Eiserman, Steve happy to see him go. It's not the first time Steve Eiserman's gotten the best of somebody in a deal. Uh, Detroit did really, really well in that one. And let's not, let's not overstate Anthony Mantha here too. He's had, years to help that team be something more than than a disaster here um oh wow here's the worst thing anyone will bring up today here you go carter this is garoppolo this is just this is just dan our man from san fran just digging at me because he knows like years ago i told him jimmy g wasn't the guy i told him he wasn't the guy and then he was like no he can do it for us again when they got to the super bowl i'm like he's gonna let you down and lo and behold super bowl they let you down jimmy g ain't the guy then he ain't the guy now he shouldn't be the guy tomorrow the steelers will not go for jimmy g unless it's for a super duper cheap contract and they're using him to get to the next guy some mocks have the steelers taking an edge rusher in the first round no. What are you nodding? You're, what are you nodding no. for? No, they don't. No. You're, I thought you were nodding. No, no. I was just, I was just like, okay, uh huh, yeah, sure. No, it's not happening. Get out of here. No, listen, listen. There are some big edge rushers in this class, but that's why they drafted Alex Highsmith last year. What's to replace Bud Dupree? They knew this was coming. Now, uh, Alex do I? Highsmith was do, taken in the third round. I'm, I'm not. Gonna, you know what? I, I'm not. 
I like what I saw of him, but I'm not ready to start talking about him as if he's your solution in the long term here. He's he's going to have to show a lot, and he's going to have to show a lot, not just in terms of the ability to get to the quarterback, but he's going to have to add polish to his game and make sure that he can seal that oh, side on the run. Okay, if you when you're an edge rusher for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're sealing the run too, you know? Oh, by the way, congratulations to the Cleveland Browns on winning the Super Bowl in the offseason again by picking Here up Jadavion Clowney because I don't know how the Browns' defense could have gotten by without a guy who never plays and when he does, barely ever registers a sack. Uh, just to let you know, all four of us combined, we have just as many sacks last year as Jadavion yeah, Unbelievable, unbelievable in this cycle. You know what I'll we don't what, have, the, 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 the bigger news college, today was – them getting rid of Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon, I was like, what? That, I, 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 there has to be more to that story because yeah. Sheldon Richardson has been a very good player for them. They, they yeah. haven't had a lot, ton of good free agent signings over the year, uh, but he's been a he's a very good player, and I was surprised to see that move unless it's it's like setting something else up. But, boy, he, he's been a good player, boy. We'll see with Clowney. I mean, he's got to be – I mean, as they always say in the NFL, the greatest ability is availability. And he has not been that. Uh, we'll well, no, see. but he did have that one big tackle in college that everybody watched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and another thing that's weird about that is usually when you have teams that are analytically driven, uh, they do not go after players that are constantly hurt. And uh, so there's something there that the Browns, for whatever reason, this is the second second time through here. It's like they've been after him longer than they were after Bill Coward to coach. I mean, Clowney <laughs> seems like he's been like they be, they've been pursuing him for like three years. So we'll see. We'll we'll see where that goes. But I am very so. I think the the news today about Sheldon Richardson is really surprising to me. Yeah, maybe there's something else there. But I'm I'm right with you. And the fact that they signed Clowney right off of that, I'm like, bro, Sheldon Richardson got more sack last year than Jadavian Clowney. <laughs> Billy asks, fully healthy, what does the Penguins' third line look like? Um, I, I think you saw it or something really close to it last night. Uh, if you think about this, there's a lot of different ways that Mike Sullivan and his staff could have arranged those lines last night, right? They could have done it in a way that if you have – let's just say you leave Jared McCann at center, okay? You have Carter – you leave Carter on right wing, right where he played all year long. For yep, LA. that's what I did. And then on the left side, you would have Jason Zucker, and you're not switching him to the offside. Why did they have Carter at center? They had him at center because that's where they want him to the playoffs. Because now you're going to have the two big guys at center, both lefties, Teddy Bluger at center on the fourth line, another lefty, and you have and you have Jeff Carter, who's a really really good faceoff guy, by the way, and right-handed to give you some options there. So your third line could be, I don't know, who's your second line? Is it is it Gino Kapanen and uh, McCann? You would think. Yeah, you I, would I, think. I, you would think. I mean, I'm... okay. So the third would be the third would be Carter, uh, Zucker, and then like Evan Rodriguez, Freddie Goodrow, Anthony Angelo, whatever it is, someone like that, and you let him let him scrap it out. Or Listen, see if Brandon Brandon Tanev gets healthy. If you're we gonna make another Carter joke, we I, I, Carters are so good at playing <laughs> center. Yeah, so I, I'm telling you right now, I played center. My dad played center. We all played center, so it makes sense that he should be a center. Um, <laughs> see, stop, stop feeding the troll here. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just knock it off. Here. <laughs> 
Do I think uh, Gary Price is a first? No, he's not a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame. Does Pitt basketball have any chance with this five-star kid? By the way, a little secret for those of you who who are tuning in to the mm-hmm. show, a little like behind the curtain thing, is that Carter has two stories. DK, why are you putting my strategies out there? Why are you putting my strategies out there? I was prepared for both. I was so so. I was like, okay. So wait, let's let's break down how this happened. So what's the dude's what's the dude's name again? Efton Reed. He's like okay. seven foot one, superstar. There's Superstar. There is one headline you'll really like, and there's another one you really won't. It's actually very common in this business. Right. But so so this guy, Efton Reed, he's supposed to be the, the, the superstar center. It would change everything if Pitt gets him. For like the past couple months, rivals and Jamie Shaw, they've been saying Pitt is going to get him. They're first in line. They, they've, they've been Jeff Capel's been after him. Pitt fans have been lauding the, his family's Twitter pages like, we love you. Just please come here. Then all of a sudden, the, the night before he's supposed to pick it, pick uh, his school, which was yesterday, it's all of a sudden the rivals page says, "Nope, Florida State jumped to the top," and all of Pitt is just, "Oh God, not again! Why can't we just get anything right?" But then, yeah. so we wait all yesterday, and I have these two, both articles ready to go either way, and they're like, "Ah, we postponed the whole thing," and I'm like, "That that's just that's just how we roll out." <laughs> that's yes, how it's save it in draft. <laughs> so here's, we're ready here's one for here's one for Alex. Why do the Pirates keep rotating between Fowler and Alfred? Why not just one in the lineup for a couple games and hope uh, to the one starts to heat up? I, I mean, I can actually see that point. I mean, you, it's not like Derek Shelton to be this impatient, and it it's felt like he has been. Not believe me, I'm not supporting Anthony Alfred going one for a hundred so far. You know, with 95 strikeouts. But it's not like either of them's had some kind of sustained run. No, no, and I, I'm I get the strategy because what they're doing clearly hasn't worked. And if it really is a timing issue, maybe the way to fix it is to get a couple starts, or conversely, get a couple work days. You know, without having to worry about that type of stuff. I get that, but man, boy, <laughs> I, it, you have to keep telling yourself that the small sample size of like twenty or so of bats played appearances. Neither has looked really good. They they stink. They and are, whenever and yeah, they're they're really bad. And and Jared Oliver is now at the alternate site. Who, who and, asked and, that question and, earlier? And, and and Jared Oliver is. I've never seen him do anything good. I have I never like Jared Oliver. I'm not saying laid he's an or anything, but laid eyes. You've seen Jared Oliver. He went three for twenty five in the spring. And one of those was a home run that was on TV. And every time you, you hit a home run on TV in spring training, and that's like the Todd Frazier effect, where everyone <laughs> thinks that oh, Todd Frazier, you got to have Todd Frazier on the team. Meanwhile, Philip Evans comes up and he's like, he's like Ted Williams, and it doesn't matter. Uh, what's the status, Alex, of uh, of both Brian Hayes and Stephen Brault? Hayes. It still looks like we're in the day-to-day. He is taking swings off of soft toss, uh, at least of, of the last update. He hasn't faced live pitching to that point. One less thing maybe to take off. Maybe we see him this series. I, I do think we'll see him at some point this road trip, whenever that is. Brault is just progressing. Lat, it's probably going to be June until he comes up to the majors again. All right, Tom, here we go. Do you, do you guys feel that uh, Marc-Andre Fleury – is or will be considered the third greatest goalie of all time now or by the time he's all done. Okay, well, I'd want to hear who your one and two are here. Carey because 
you know, Alex, it, that man. all de- that all depends on who you're or how you're setting your criteria here. Is it you know? I, I think a strong case can still be made for Jacques Plante, and that goes way back. Hmm. I think another one can be made for another Montreal goaltender and Ken Dryden because of what he achieved that nobody else did in the playoffs. And as long as we're in Montreal, there's also Patrick Waugh and Montreal native uh, Martin Brodeur. So um, I think I just cited four that are a lot. Look, Tom, should it matter that Flowers never even been a Vesna finalist? Oh, well, I mean, I mean, why, why is, I mean, where are we getting this? Just, he's been around for a long time and he's won a lot of games and everything, but has anyone in any given season of flowers career said, this is the best goaltender in the national hockey league this season? No. And you know why? No. Well, part of, well, part of it, I, I always think this is that, and you even think about this, you're old enough to remember I know you're old enough to remember the, those great Oiler teams. And Grant Fjord never got his due. And part of it was because the team was so great. Because the margin for error was so good. It, doesn't, it wasn't a reflection necessarily on them. Uh, they were uh, Fjord was a great goalie. Flurry has been a tremendous goalie. I mean, how many goalies have second acts like this guy? Seriously. I mean, Patrick Waugh goes to Colorado, had a great second act there. Uh, there's just not a lot of guys that have, have uh, in the modern day have, 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 have had these great uh, second teams, which he has. And uh, boy, if he could win one, if he could win one cup with uh, uh, Las Vegas, that would just add to his legacy. I mean, the guy to me, DK, is he a hall of famer? You just said he's not been a Vezina guy. Is he a oh, hall he'll of famer? Get, he'll, yeah. He'll get yeah, the numbers. I, I, yeah. I think yeah. so. Absolutely. He'll get the numbers. He'll get the numbers in Vegas. He'll get the numbers, you know, under any circumstance. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, just sheer volume. But let's also remember that sheer volume comes from, you know, playing a lot of games too. Playing, well, you got to be good. Games. You got to be good too, right? You got to be that good to play that many games. And yeah, and it's been very good. Yeah, you do. If uh, Micah Parsons from Penn State falls past fifteen, should the Steelers consider trading up to grab him? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not all for that. They. They. They need their day two picks. There's a lot of day two talent in the second and third rounds. You trade up in the first round, you're coughing up one of those picks. In fact, I think the better option will be to trade back in the first round, especially if they think that they can get their running back still in the, like the the late twenties or the thirties. Uh, that that might be the best option to get that guy and then recoup. Uh, you know, a third pick on day two, which really could help their depth chart all over the place. Just a reminder that this program. This fine program is brought to you by the good people at Mike's Beer Bar, including Mike Sukic himself. Uh, you can tell Alex is a regular patron. Um, if you haven't been there, um, go. That sounds like a great, great campaign. That's great. Doesn't it? It, no, like, you haven't been there. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, they got they, they, they go. got five, they got five hundred beers available, eighty on tap at all times. It'll be from local breweries. Their menu is amazing. If you like IPAs, if you like to experiment with beers, I've got. I do this. What's an IPA? What's that? It's an India India Pale Ale, so it's a it's hoppy. Just crawl out of a rock under a rock. Yeah, like, drink, IPA. Man. He doesn't drink. Don't drink. So like this oh. is this is this is one of my favorites. Now this, this explains a <laughs> lot. Just, I this just it's a lot. to this side. <laughs> Tom's eyes, like Tom, just went, "Holy hell!" 
I had no idea I was working with such an individual. Oh my god! But but yeah, like an IPA, it's hoppier. You taste it a little bit more natural. It gets a little more bite to it. But like this was big hop. This oh, this is one of I got from their mix and match six packs, which you can go in and get at any point in time and go over all the different cans and bottles they have available. But best beer selection: steak on a stone. French fries are great. Go and check out both Mike's Beer Bar and the North Shore Tavern right in the North Shore of Pittsburgh, across from PNC Park. Unbelievable. Polly says. Uh, can, since since the Blue Jackets aren't playing the Penguins this year, can Tom confirm that Uh-oh. CBJ and the Penguins are not and have never been rivals? <laughs> oh, I, oh, I, I don't think There's they only have. One I, don't, I, I don't. Fight, fight, fight. The, the, the CBJ, the, the Blue Jackets have wanted a rival for so long. They have wanted one. Uh, and it's in, in, and again, I, I agree with Tortorella in one instance, but I, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is not a rival. Basically, his point is, and, and I think this is absolutely right, you can't call anybody a rival until you beat him in the playoffs once. Until it's in the playoffs. That's it. And, and yeah. you know, one of the things, we used to have this same discussion about the Capitals for years, remember? And oh, it was just, yeah. And I kept coming back with what I felt was the proper English terminology for what the Capitals and Penguins relationship was, which was it was a nemesis relationship. Because all the Penguins did was beat the Capitals every single year. The Penguins, on all five of their championships, all five, beat Washington along the way. That is a staggering, a staggering level of nemesisness. Okay. Well, for years, for years they would they would spot them. It was always like three games to one, Washington and Pittsburgh oh, and would come back and win this. Part. Yeah, that's the other part. And it was and Mario would be like, "All right, guys, it's time to start playing." All right. Uh, then it wasn't until Evgeny Kuznetsov beat Matt Murray on the breakaway. It, 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 and then all of a sudden, Washington looked around the landscape and said, wait, seriously, we don't have to play Pittsburgh again? <laughs> you mean we can actually just go ahead and win this thing? All right, well, let's do that. Well, you remember, well, remember DK, when uh, Tony Kornheiser, before he became a – ESPN personality. He was a he was a columnist for the Washington Post and coined the phrase "gagging, choking dogs." For the Capitals that, that, that he would he would he would always co- he would refer to the Capitals in columns as "gagging, choking dogs" because of every year they'd lose to they 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 blow three one leads to the Penguins. Oh my! Uh, let's see what else we got here. Who's the one player? on the Pirates roster, who will surprise everyone in 2021. I've got one, but I'll let Alex go first. I mean, we, we've seen two, I think. I mean, Philip Evans, obviously, and then I don't think anyone really expected David Bednar to be this good this fast. You did. Shut up. I expect him to be good. I didn't expect him to be like, you know what? Yeah, just throw him in the ninth inning in, in mid-April already. Yeah. yeah like, uh, I mean, like, no, but when you're seeing on the it. Staff. I didn't expect that right now. He is he is not far removed from being an eighth or ninth inning regular, and that affords Ben Charrington all kinds of wonderful possibilities in terms of being able to move Richard Rodriguez at the deadline for somebody who will inevitably grossly overpay for a closer because somebody always does. Uh, my guy, and I'm happy to bite the bullet on this one, um, because I did not think much of the acquisition and I did not think much of the spring performance, but I've really liked Tyler Anderson. And, and I, I don't know that he even counts, you know, because he's, he's one of the older guys and whatever. But you know what? As long as you're on the roster, I mean, Philip Evans is, is, is young in terms of experience, but not in terms of age. 
Kyler Anderson's neither of those things. Now, he's not Cahill. He's not – what is Cahill, 35, 36 years old? I think a little younger, uh, but definitely mid-30s. Anderson, Anderson is – I want to say Anderson is 30, but he just goes out there and just pitches. He, he does I mean, what the he, comic section wants. It's like, if you give up a homer, you give up a homer. Just don't walk guys along the way. He just pitches. And if I'm, if I'm Oscar Marine or Derek Shelton, I'm taking you, – you remember the scene in Clockwork Orange where they did this to uh, – to, so, to, the, 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 to, to Alex's eyes? Mm-hmm. This is what I would do with Mitch Keller with, and have him watch tape of Tyler Anderson and say, look, Mitch, it's not that hard. It's just not that hard. Don't mean to ah, know how, know how to Ken says, with NHL teams only playing inside their divisions, do you all expect more upsets in the playoffs this year? Hmm, hadn't thought of that. I can think of one upset right off the bat that'll happen because they're staying inside the division. You, Tom? And then... Can you hear me? My, my, I feel like I'm on my... Uh, no, you're good. Like... Do you think we'll have upsets? We lost him. We lost we Tom. Lost him. <laughs> I'll put him on. Tom's just going to stay there and look enraptured oh, by there this he, conversation. There we go. He's back. He's back. We'll try it again. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah? Yeah, I'm All here. Right. All right. Yeah. What, what Do you expect more upsets because teams will be staying inside the divisions for the first two rounds? No, not really. I think there, there's a great familiarity. Yeah, this is tough here. I'm going to uh, – let me see here. Okay, what was the question again? You know what? I'll tell you one upset we're going to see, and that's in the North Division because the Maple Leafs are going to win the North Division, and the Maple Leafs will not get out of the North Division. You know why? Because they are the Maple Leafs. Keen, sharp hockey analysis here. But, hey, try to uh, go against uh, 54 years of history. Who's counting? John says the North Division will get crushed. It really will. It really will. That that division is so phony. It is such a fraud. And I'm not saying that because no Canadian teams have won the Stanley Cup since 1993. You know why I'm saying it? Because no Canadian teams have won the Stanley Cup since 1993. Furthermore, if Winnipeg is the second best team in your division, if Winnipeg is the second best team in your division, you don't have much of a division because the Jets are you really, love Winnipeg. really lacking. You love Winnipeg. I love the city. I love the city. I don't love the Jets' defensive core. Uh, I love their goaltending. I love what they have up front when they're healthy, even without lining. You can't win without a blue line. I'm sorry. You can't do it. They've been trying to do it ever since Truba and, 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 and Buffalo were out. But that's why they're getting Zach Wilson in the second overall pick, man. Come on. They're going to fix it. <laughs> Edgar Edgar says next time in Pittsburgh I'd have yes you do to check out the North Shore Tavern and keep up the great work. P.S. IPAs are great. Also, steak on a stone yells the boss from over in Kitchenland. Yep, yep. it's fire. You eat it on um, eight hundred degree stone and you cook it to the way that you like. Also, get the steak and scallops on the stone. That's when you're a professional at my bar. We got ourselves enough time for a couple more here. Yeah, I love Blake Wheeler. What's wrong with that? Have you ever dealt with Blake Wheeler, Tom? Like interviewed him? Uh, uh I think one of the best in sports. I, I yes, you know when I did when I did DK. He's an mm. American. He is American. He is a big American. I covered <laughs> him in 2016. I covered him in 2016 in the World Cup. Very, very nice young strapping lad. 
I, I got to deal with him uh, when he was an alternate. Dan Bilesma wasn't using him in Sochi. You really think of Blake Wheeler as an alternate on the American roster? Yeah. And and he comp- he conducted himself so professionally at the Olympics. He could have complained. He could have done whatever, and, and he didn't do that at all here. Paul asks, how long of a leash will the Pirates have with players like Keller Polanco in the center fielders? Those are obviously all independent questions and with independent scenarios, right, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mitch Keller's definitely got far, 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 far more leash than the other two. Polanco's he's got, got all, a decent amount, yeah. He's got more leash than his pitching coach will have in coaching him. See, you keep saying that. I don't agree with it yet. Though. I think <laughs> it's been Just 73 wait. games. It's been I 73 know. games. I know. I but, know. I'm yeah, talking about ultimately. Keller's- they will fire the pitching coach before they trade Mitch Keller. Scott Brown. Scott Brown, Scott Brown is coming with one of those Vanderbilt pitchers. Oh, oh, oh okay. I didn't know who you meant. Yeah. See what you're just trying to segue there for you, buddy. Uh, if Caleb Farley or JC Horn fall to the Steelers at 24, here we go. How about if uh, everybody falls to 24? Like the first 23 teams just bypass their picks. Well, uh, so, so the the idea here is that because there's probably going to be five quarterbacks taken and five receivers taken and maybe five offensive tackles taken, that one a person of a certain g- group of players who are really talented is going to fall to twenty four. It's not corner. You want a corner? Well, here's the thing. Caleb Farley would have been the first corner draft in this class, but he's had back surgery twice now. He didn't play this last year, so people are dropping back. Now, here's the thing. I wouldn't draft him, but what I would do, and this is why I wrote this as my talking point, there are a lot of teams that are going to be antsy for a cornerback trade down you got and here's here's the crazy thing the browns could use a cornerback the saints could use a cornerback the bills could use a cornerback the packers can use a cornerback and the browns pick two picks right after the steelers you could have a three-way battle to say hey we want caleb farley from all three of those teams and then on the other side the chiefs really need offensive tackles some of these other teams need offensive tackles if tom you Go ahead, go ahead, Carter. If, if Tevin Jenkins or one of those guys is at 24, there could be four teams in play that's trade up for the Steelers, and that would get you a pick later in the first and then another pick maybe in the second or third round. That's that's what you want if you're the Steelers. Tom, you're in Columbus. Would there be any merit to the discussion that the Steelers, who, whenever Mike Tomlin went out to Ohio State's pro day, was doing all mm-hmm. kinds of talking up of Justin Fields? Um is Fields worth it? Is he worth this discussion? I'll tell you this. This is my this is my thoughts on Justin Fields. I've lived here for fifteen or sixteen years. They have never had a quarterback. No, they have. I thought <laughs> that was no. They've had very good college quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. and you know Urban Meyer for years, um, and even Trestle before them. They they run this, the, and this is the thing with the NFL. They run these. They or the the college football. They run the spread offense and for years the nfl couldn't figure out what they were doing now the nfl has caught up to it a little bit uh there are guys that we are seeing that can come in from college and play in the nfl which for 10 years nobody could except for andrew luck and now we're seeing great players coming into the nfl as quarter i like justin fields he's the you know they have never had a quarterback in the nfl that's ever gone to a pro bowl Think about that. Ohio State, like Mike one of the Tom's best Mike never went to a Pro Bowl? No, no. They've never had anybody. And I know what you're saying on Mike Tomzak. Cool your roll. Slow your roll there. 
but they have never had a quarterback. All the great teams they've had, they can't produce an NFL quarterback. Justin Fields is the best one I've seen, and I hope he does well because I'll tell you what, he showed a lot of guts in that in that in that in the in the in the in the second round or the whatever well, it is the conference. Well, I call them conference it, finals. I don't know it, what the it, hell they are in college football. He did. taking that heat he, he, and then playing with the with the bad ribs he had. Oh yeah, he did that all the time. He would he would take shots and then be like, "Let me get back up and throw another forty yard touchdown." I, I, but here's the thing, Steelers fans. I know Charlie Cassidy said the Steelers were going to pick Justin Fields at twenty four. There ain't no way that man has fallen that far. If he gets to twenty, the Bears are taking him. They're not passing on him. Just oh, get that God, idea no. out of your mind. No, no, no chance here. That's yeah. why this answers Kevin's question preemptively what are the chances fields drops uh, no it, 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 it's not going to happen here snowman wants to know where taylor is appropriately enough since you're snowman she's she's heading up to buffalo to cover hockey hey uh for the weekend here i want to thank everybody for being part of this especially mike sukich over at mike's beer bar and the north shore tavern where they are wide open uh for business go to mike's for 500 beers on tap uh crawlers Alex, take us through what, what's at Mike's, and then Carter will take us through what's at North Shore Tavern next Ooh. door. So like DK said, you get the 50 local beers, all of them on tap. There are over 400 available. You can take them home in one of these. It's a crawler. It's 32 ounces. It's like the perfect amount to just sit back, watch a movie, chill at home for a little bit. You get six of them. You get three of them for free. It is a fantastic deal uh, if you have the room for six beers. You, you can find <laughs> And the capacity, I guess. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm telling you, I got room for six beers. And when you go to North Shore Tavern, you get all the same food and e- even a bit more when you go get your steak on a stone, scallops on a stone. They have a lot of diff- they have a lot of different great options. You can get so many different sandwiches, entrees. The service is amazing. You can sit outdoors. You can sit on the edge of outdoors. It is a wonderful environment. They're very COVID-friendly. They will help you space out. Go to Mike's Beer Bar in the North Shore Tavern. You'll have a great dinner, lunch. You'll have great beer options, great drink options. It's amazing, an amazing experience. And, hey, especially if you're going to check out your Pittsburgh Pirates. Paul wants to know if Tom took some hot breaking news on that call. Hang on. He just put his headphones on. Paul wants to know if you took some hot breaking news on that call that you're going to share with us here. Or not. <laughs> Tom, can you hear us? What? The, the yes. perils of the live stream. Oh, did you did take you... breaking news on that call or not? I got butt dialed by the NHL deputy commissioner. <laughs> that was Bill like, Daly. What did I do? Breaking news. I, what, that what was did, really, that was Bill Daly. How could I have screwed this up? Yeah, it was. Alex how could I screw this up? This I just the best episode of Mike's Beer Bar uh, happy hour ever. Thanks to... Bill Daly's butt <laughs> contributing. Oh my goodness! To the whole process. Yeah, we won't get a here. call back from them anytime soon. This, uh, this, by the way, is uh, first here. Kevin James says North Shore Tavern is seriously the best. I drive one hour and thirty minutes to get there. Uh, good for you, man. It's 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 definitely worthwhile. It's an experience, uh, not just a dining thing. It really feels like we should just begin and end every show with Mr. Eric, who wishes us a great weekend. Uh, thanks to everybody else for part- for partaking in this. If you missed any part of it, it replays automatically on all the social media platforms. And then Carter is about to get busy creating this into a podcast. Yes, I am. It'll go out into the platforms as well. The rest of us are going to get ready to watch Bucks and Brewers. 
Uh, thanks again to everyone.